grace, mercy and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'll be preaching today from the Gospel reading, Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 30 and 36 to 43, the parable of the weeds among the wheat. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we hear your word to us, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lead us to deeper faith in you and love for others. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Among the many objections people have to the Christian faith and belief in God generally, the biggest one would have to be the so-called problem of evil. When it's put in its abstract philosophical version, it goes something like this. If God is all-powerful, if God is all-knowing, if God is completely good, all of which Christians believe, then how can there be evil and suffering in this world? It's an objection Christians need to take seriously. More commonly though, you won't hear it expressed like that, but you'll hear it expressed more personally. You'll hear it expressed in how people experience life. You'll simply hear people say, why? Why is life so hard? Why did my loved one get sick? What did I do to deserve this? Why did God let X, Y, Z happen to us? In the Bible, although we never get a nice, neat answer to the problem of evil, it is addressed in a number of different places in a number of different ways. And our text today is one of those. So let's unpack this parable of the weeds among the wheat and its explanation from this particular angle today. And as we do, we'll look at three main things. First, we'll look at the reality of evil. Then we'll look at one of the most common responses to evil. And finally, we'll think about the reckoning of evil. The reality, the response and the reckoning. First is the reality of evil in this world. Now that might sound like a fairly obvious point, but it's important to touch on it because there are worldviews which deal with the problem of evil by denying its very existence or explaining it away in one way or another. But the scriptures are very realistic about the fact that evil is real. It's just there. It's as much a reality of life in this world as are Weeds, Jesus says. This is, of course, the very famous picture of the presence of evil in Jesus' parable, the weeds. There's this sower who sows good seed in his field. But while everyone is asleep after a hard day's work, something sinister happens. An enemy comes under the cover of night and sows weeds among the crop of wheat. Now, who is this enemy in the actual parable, not the explanation? Well, we're not told. Perhaps we can imagine a neighbouring farmer who wanted the market share all to himself. Perhaps an ex-employee bearing a grudge and so wanting to sabotage the business. 
We're not told. We're not told the motivation. Just that an enemy is trying to ruin the master's harvest. And then when the workers on this farm see the plants beginning to grow, they notice something strange happening. They notice there's something else growing in there. And they see that it's not from just a stray seed here or there, but they can see something intentional, something sinister is at play here. Master, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Then where did the weeds come from? Does that sound familiar? Lord, why is there evil in this world? As we experience evil and suffering, we can be as shocked as the workers in the parable. Isn't this God's world? Isn't God at work in this world bringing about good things and blessing? So where do the weeds come from? Where does the evil come from? Now, the parable and the explanation are clear about one thing in the first place, that it's certainly not from God. An enemy did this, the farmer says. The devil did this, Jesus says. So Jesus not only recognises the reality of evil in the world, he goes further and he identifies a personal supernatural being as the source of this evil. Now talk of devils like this can be a bit difficult for some modern people to take in. But notice that Christians believe in the existence of the devil and demons for a very simple reason. Because Jesus did. And we follow where our master leads. And it's not just an easy answer to the problem of evil by believing in the existence of the devil. Because that still leaves you with the mystery of why God allows the devil to do what he does. The scriptures don't seem particularly interested, by the way, in delving into those sorts of questions, but simply acknowledging that there is an ultimate enemy of God, one who is entirely opposed to God, this devil. And what this does mean then is that we do take the problem of evil very, very seriously. Evil is not a delusion. It's not just bad luck. It's a reality in this fallen world. It's just there, like the weeds. That's the reality of evil. Then next is the response to evil. There's many ways that one can respond, of course, but the one that Jesus wants to deal with here is, that's singled out is a quite natural one, which is the desire to want to get rid of the evil. And more specifically, the temptation then to want to get rid of who we perceive as the evil doers. So notice how the workers in the parable respond when they see the weeds. They suggest the obvious, let's go do some weeding. They've worked hard on this beautiful crop. Let's get rid of these weeds. That's all normal, but the surprise comes when the master says no. He won't let them pull the weeds out. He says if they do, they will uproot the weeds along with the weeds. It almost feels to me like in this scene there's the wise old farmer and then there's the young, impulsive farmhands. They're all worked up about what's happened. 
And perhaps the farmer can even see their anger and frustration and he knows that this will lead them to make an even bigger mess of it. And so the farmer says something like, just be patient. Let them keep growing. We'll sort it out at harvest time. I actually did some weeding myself just the other week. But modern weeding, that is with weed spray. But even then, these sorts of things Jesus describes do still happen. At one point I was moving across the lawn from one patch of weed to another and the lever that you pressed up and down on the spray bottle got stuck. And so as I walked, it kept spraying. And now if you look at my lawn, there is a lovely line of dead grass right across where I was walking. I only wanted to kill the weeds, but I accidentally got rid of some of the good growth in the process. Jesus is teaching us that something like that can happen in how we approach evil in the world and even how we approach it in the church. We see evil in the world. We may even sense some weeds creeping into the life of the church and we ask God why. And then maybe we feel the urge to take matters into our own hands to get rid of the evil. But so easily that desire to be rid of evil becomes a desire to purge the world from the evil people, perhaps to purify the church from all those who we think shouldn't be there. We can surely recognise the temptation. Who doesn't want to live in a community free of evil? Who doesn't want to be in a church full of healthy wheat and free of toxic weeds? Of course that's what we want. And remember the first point today, the evil is real. It is there, it is a reality. But this second point is to make clear that when it comes to the removal of that evil, it ultimately is not our job. Vengeance is the Lord's, the scriptures say. And as we'll see in the rest of the parable, Jesus isn't saying that it won't get dealt with. The problem, though, is that we, as fallible human beings, we simply can't do this properly. We can't tell the difference. We won't get it right because we are not God. And so Jesus says, let it go. I'll sort it out later. There's a call to patience here and recognising God's timing. There's the reality of evil. There's this response to evil that Jesus cautions against. And then finally there is the reckoning of evil. The only way Jesus' teaching here really makes sense, the only way we can forego the desire to be rid of the evil in the world is when we see that Jesus still does promise that evil will not go unchecked forever. The farmer isn't going to leave these weeds alone indefinitely. It's not a matter of if the weeds need to be removed, it's a matter of who does it and when. The reapers will take care of that at the harvest, the farmer says. The angels angels will take care of that at the end of time, Jesus says. 
There will be a reckoning with evil and it is serious business. The Son of Man will send his angels and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers and they will be thrown into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now this is strong and confronting language. But can you see how it speaks to the problem of evil in a very necessary way? Because if this life is all there is, then there is no justice. Evil does go seemingly unchecked. And the temptation then to deal with it ourselves is far greater. But the scriptural worldview includes this final judgment, this reckoning with evil. It tells us that even though you experience evil in all sorts of ways in this fallen world, it's not because God doesn't take it seriously. He takes it very seriously. He takes it seriously enough to speak of furnaces of fire and weeping and gnashing of teeth. But again the point, it's his domain, not ours. We leave it to him. And dear Christian people, don't you fear that fiery furnace because Jesus has already been there for you. We do need to take this teaching of Jesus to heart and not shy away from these harder words of our Lord. But we also need to remember that the very one who gives this teaching is the same one who goes to the cross to give his life for the world and for you. The one who will one day execute justice at the end of the age, including the fiery furnace, he first goes through his own fiery furnace on the cross where he takes God's wrath against sin and evil on himself. And as he rises again from death, as he sends his spirit into our hearts so that we can be those children of the kingdom. He gives us that promise of shining like the sun as the righteous ones in the Father's kingdom, all because of what Jesus has done for you. There's the reality of evil, there's the response to evil and there's the reckoning of evil. And so the parable of the weeds does help us in thinking through that ever-present problem of evil. But ultimately, the deepest answer to it in the Christian faith is the cross. Ultimately, Jesus doesn't explain evil and suffering. Instead, he comes and enters into the darkness of it with us and he overcomes it for us. God grant it to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.